Money Mind, expanding your mind when it comes to money matters. Here's your host, Tanya Carlson from Amplify Wealth Management. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Money Mind. Today we have something a little different for you, given that the last two years have been filled with uncertainty, change and loss, isolation, and constant challenges. We thought it'd be great to share information about a process that we've found really interesting and helpful in personal development. It's called human design. Now I'll get our human design specialist to tell you more about how this process works, but uh, let me now introduce Amber Clements. Amber is a confidence and fulfillment coach and a certified human design specialist. She works with people all over the world to help them recalibrate back to their naturally abundant state. Amber has authored two books about human design and is a rare human design type known as a reflector. With a master's degree in communication and over 20 years experience teaching uh, in, in the corporate consulting world, Amber now focuses on what she enjoys doing best, which is working with people one-on-one and helping them find fulfillment. So welcome to the show, Amber. Thanks so much, Tanya. Lovely to be here. Great. Thanks for, for joining us. I'd like to start by asking everybody the same two questions. And the first one's a quick one. It's, are you a spender, a saver, or an in-betweener? I would probably say I'm, I'm likely in between, but I, I spend, I like to spend consciously. So for me, it's about what I spend on. I, I'm really conscious. I don't just recklessly spend. Um, wow, I love you. <laughs> I consciously spend. <laughs> great. Okay, great answer. The second one is, can you tell us a little bit about your cultural background and upbringing? Sure, sure. I was um, I was born in um, in England, uh, and my parents immigrated over to Australia when I was about five or six, um, and they'd been here a few times. So they were they were avid travellers. Um, didn't have a lot, um, you know. They come from sort of the uh, backgrounds that weren't particularly thriving financially, but they really loved adventure. So. When we moved over to Australia, um, they kind of wanted a new life. They wanted to give their children something that they hadn't had and that was opportunity. Uh, and so I've been really blessed. I, um, Having been brought up in Australia, otherwise uh, where I came from in England, it's a beautiful, quaint little town and, and I do love to go back and visit when I can. Um, but it's definitely, uh, I feel very privileged to be in a country that has incredible weather. Um, it feels, you know, there's a lot of beauty and there's a, it's a lot easier, let's say, to navigate, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, interesting, isn't it, how mm. how you can see that influence can be very different growing up. And, you know, we talk to people with all kinds of different upbringings. It's one of the things I like to, to know about people because I think it does impact on your life, you know, where you've been oh. growing up. Absolutely. Uh, my father, he was a really hard worker and both my parents didn't finish school. So they decided what was really important to them is to give us a um, private school education. So that was probably a little beyond their means really, but they managed. My dad worked hard. My mother went without a lot of things so that my sister and my brother and I could all go through uh, private school um, and give us something they as I said, they didn't have is that opportunity. And look, I think, you know, I've always been very grateful for, for what they sacrificed in a lot of ways to allow us um, to, to do well in life and to follow, I guess, our own path rather, rather than feel like we're stuck. We've got, we've had more opportunities um, and we've been, I guess, blessed in a way that our parents have really, really helped us to shape, you know, shape us as, as young yeah. people. It's um, great that you, that you recognise that. Do you think that sort of, upbringing and recognising that they had to work hard to put you through that sort of education 
makes you a conscious spender or is that something that life lessons have taught you? <laughs> That's a really good question. Look, I, I know that I was brought up with not, like we spent, they spent on education yes. um, and they looked after us and, you know, we were always well looked after, but we were never, I would never say we were spoiled. Yes. Um, you know, it was about choosing where where to spend the money. I think probably that did influence influenced me a bit I think as, a, as an adult yeah. uh, I definitely think though life has also you know shifted me a little bit in that direction around sure. um, knowing what's worth spending on or what's worth saving for of course yeah some people don't ever learn that lesson but I think all of us fluctuate you know there are times when we can be a bit frivolous whether that's oh, when we're younger or when we're just not concentrating like you said you use the word conscious spending and I think that's that's exactly what this pod- podcast is about, is trying to put some money mindfulness into people's lives and think before you spend, make some some conscious decisions on what's important to you and where your money's going, no matter how much you have or don't have. I think it's Absolutely. Really yeah, good. Yeah, good. I couldn't agree more. We'll move on a little bit because what I'd really love is to ask you to explain human design to our audience. Sure, sure. So for those that haven't heard of human design, it's essentially a system that looks at... Yeah, I like to think of it as a personality profiling on steroids because it's 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 really um, complex as far as layering and what it involves and detail, but it's actually quite simple to understand. I think once once you um, get into it, and essentially, it talks about us each having a slightly different way of operating in the world. I guess where we we progress through life without or with minimal resistance so that we can attract more to us, we can feel vibrant and aligned and feel good about what we're doing and and understanding the different types and what type someone might be actually really helps us understand how we can become a bit more attractive to life, how we can manage our own energy. Um, um, Would you like me to talk about the different types? Are you interested? I I would love you to talk about different types because I think that that's probably really relevant to people as well. Yeah. Yeah, look, absolutely. So essentially there there are five different types and um, two categories of types and we call two of the types a energy type. And what that means is about 70% of people have this beautiful, juicy sacral centre and it's like imagining your sacral, so in that kind of gut area they have this beautiful juicy battery and this battery is a, is a rechargeable battery and you've got the ability during the day to use the energy in the way that's that feels most aligned for you and when you go to bed at night you you rest up you recharge the battery and you're able to get up and do it again and if you if you use your energy correctly through your life you've actually got the ability to draw on that continually and it's really important when you what we call it energy type is to find something in life that you love to do whether it's your full-time job or whether it's a vocation, it's not really about whether it's the thing you get paid for, but it's certainly about doing something that feels really good for you. And ideally, if you know, you can match that to your vocation, then obviously it's a, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, bonus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we've got the other 30% of people who are what we call non-sacrals. And, and that means that we don't have access to this consistent energy source. And so really 30% of us aren't actually designed to work in what we call the traditional way because we don't have the ability to kind of keep going and going and going the way 
let's say that the sacral people um, can. And, um, and so what that means is we've got to find a way to work with our energy and work with um, what makes life flow for us. So it's about sometimes it's about waiting for, for things to feel aligned. It's about getting lots of really good sleep. It's about honouring the fact that you might not be able to keep up with other people and not trying to because that can cause burnout and actually therefore, you know, when you're feeling really burnt out, it's really hard to feel I guess, attractive in life. And I'm not talking obviously just physically. Yeah. I just mean, you know, attracting things to you. Right or, yeah, things that feel right and, and, and work that feels good and people in your life that feel good to be around. So it's really about honouring, I guess, honouring your energy needs. And human design teaches us, well, what is, what is my particular energy need? And how do I, you know, best work with that so that I can, um, life feels easier. It doesn't feel as, um, you know, sometimes we feel like it's a struggle if we're not, if we're going against what's naturally part of the way that we're designed. It's definitely fascinating, isn't it? Now, it combines sort of a, a number of things. As I'm, and, you know, if I say astrology, people kind of roll their eyes or whatever, yeah. <laughs> but, but there's, there's a combination of astrology and Kabbalah and all kinds of That's right. ancient Quant- forms of... Absolutely. Um, like I Ching, quantum physics. It's actually really interesting when you look at it. And what I find most people when, even if they're just a little bit curious and they haven't explored, when they, f- they learn a little bit about their chart, let's say, they kind of look at... So each of us has what we call a blueprint. If I explain it like that, it's like a blueprint that tells you, for example, Tanya, this is this is your type. These are some, I guess, traits that you might consistently have in your life that might, you know, affect you. And that can be things like when we're talking about money, um, there might be a bit of lack belief that, that you might be prone to, or you might have a um, abundance in your chart, which you naturally kind of, when you're feeling aligned and, and living in a place that feels good, things seem to flow in easier. Um, and so each of us have our own unique set of traits based on our blueprint. Mm-hmm. And when we actually understand that, it's really interesting how many people will, will, will kind of feel like I've just literally pulled inside them and read what's going on in them. It, it's Absolutely. uncanny, yes. isn't it? Well, I can, I can verify that. <laughs> I think it was, yeah, it, was, it was almost shocking, you know, um, how yeah. accurate the, the reading and, and We'll talk a little bit about me later, but um, <laughs> we'll talk more about you. But um, but I think it is it is fascinating. I mean, I've got no surprise there that mm. that um, when you're doing a reading for, for people that they're starting to sort of say, "Wow, that's that's quite incredible," mm. um, because yeah, certainly I found that experience. And so, look, I guess I'd like to know a little bit about how you came across human design. But I think before we do that, it'd be really interesting if maybe you could share with our audience a little bit about your career because you've done a number of different things <laughs> yes. um, which, I, which I always love hearing about where people have sort of gone to in their careers and their life experience because I sort of think it often all adds up to to who you are but mm. do you mind sharing a little bit about no that? no not at all um I started that I started I guess in my career when I left school um I was an actress yes. because I was and, exciting doesn't and it? <laughs> <laughs> I really I, look I was a performer from a young age and I, I took that quite seriously and I even studied to to do film directing for a little while because I thought that would be where I would end up. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed being in the moment and the, and the, and that, um, the acting side of things. But I'm also, I came, you know, I had a bit of a strong head on my shoulders and I knew that as a vocation um, yes. it's unlikely that I am going to be able to make a lot of money unless I do particularly well at the time. And so I kind of thought, 
well, what, what is it that I'd like to do that will allow me to still continue in that space but um, evolve and I guess take a little bit of control of my own fa- financial situation and not just be waiting on um, directors and things to cast me. Yeah. Um, so I uh, then actually, I'd already been doing some teaching, so I kind of, I, I was always naturally a bit of a teacher um, growing up. I did bits and pieces. So I um, went from teaching in an acting school to going back and doing a degree in teaching so that I could then come out. And I actually worked as a high school teacher for five years, which I, my majors were obviously in acting or, or drama and film and media and English and that sort of thing because, yeah. that, you know, that's the experience. And, I, I look, I really enjoyed that. I got, I, I got a great set of skills, I think, from that. But, again, it was just something in me when I need more. And it's not that I needed, I just needed more to feel satisfied. I was, something else was craving um so I went back and did another degree um, in communications. And that that was really interesting. I actually moved back to London because I wanted to pursue a job in public relations. Wow. And um, <laughs> when I was over there, unfortunately, the person that I uh, went over there with, we, did, we didn't make it. And um, as a heartbroken young person, I... Um, I decided to give that up for a bit and go and do something that would make my heart feel good. And so I actually worked as a tour leader oh, wow. in Southeast Asia for, for about six months just to have an adventure, get, you know, heal the heart and get yeah. back, back in place. And so, and I somehow ended back with that person oh, <laughs> after my, my travels. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what led me back to, um, well, this time over to Dubai. So I lived in the Middle East for two and a half years. And it was there that I really kind of I, I, I there was it's a, it was a land of opportunity as far as work was concerned. And as much as there's all sorts of things over there that you know are shocking and also interesting, and um, certainly a, a, an eclectic cultural um, experience to be in that you know in that country, I actually had opportunity and I started working in um, projects and I started working in doing some teaching and eventually um, worked as a consultant in getting into change management, which is yeah. you know very corporate, but Definitely. but it was great. I got to travel a lot and I got to work with lots of different companies and so really got to understand the business world in in everything from oil and gas through to consumer goods to you know you name it. Wow. Um, and then I came back to Australia and essentially I followed that career for a little while and, and, and you know, probably, I don't know, a decade on um, thereabouts, I decided or I felt within me it was time. It was time to change. I really enjoyed doing the corporate work. I really enjoyed some of the projects I worked for, but I was just feeling like I wasn't making the big enough difference and, and that craving within me um, is when human design kind of landed on my plate. Okay, interesting. So it found you rather than... It found me. Maybe, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, fascinating. Yeah. And so you came across that and and I guess we haven't really touched on the types in any detail, but you are the rarest type in human design, which is a reflector type. Mm -hmm. So that must have been quite amazing because I would imagine, and, and I don't know, a lot about the types I probably read more on my own type of course which is probably a bit selfish but um you know I would imagine it must be quite eye-opening to to discover that if you're a reflector type which is the rarest that that there's some unique traits with that so that must have been quite an experience for you yeah look absolutely it it actually was it was a it was a moment in my life that I'll never forget because somebody had said to me 
have you heard of this? Let's run your chart. I kind of thought, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> and then I got this email and it was, you know, about a three or four-page document that had some information about my type, which is a reflector, and um, there's about 1% of people um, are reflectors. And I read this information about being a reflector and it is the first time in my life I felt completely understood. When I was reading about the, the nuances about my particular type, I, fo- I thought someone was watching and, and had sort of yeah. taken notes of my life and popped it down into a, you know, into a, a PDF. Something about that moment when I realised that I have, I have been operating a way in, in my life that is completely against what is naturally right for me. And it was at that moment it almost gave me permission to explore what felt more natural. Does that, does that make yeah. sense? Well, it does make sense to me. And, and probably I, I had a sort of a similar experience. And, and just to share with the audience, I'm a manifesting generator and, and you read, read my chart the first time. I, I'd, once I'd sort of heard about human design, I actually didn't quite know what it was and heard a few people talk about it on several podcasts that I listened to and then sort of started getting a bit curious. And when I booked a reading with you, um, I think one of the things that was really interesting for me was that, you know, manifesting generators seem to be, and and correct me where I'm wrong, because I'm certainly not a a specialist in this at all, but, you know, have a lot of ideas going all the time. And I remember a couple of years ago going for a walk with a really good friend of mine, we were talking about things and I had all these ideas and I was pouring out all these ideas that I had for business and life in, in general. And she turned to me and she said, I never have any ideas sort of how odd that you're just constantly sprouting out all these ideas and it it really shocked me because I assume as as you do in your own head that everybody's the same as you and when I sort of understood a little bit more about um, my chart from talking to you I thought oh my goodness thank god it's not like I'm crazy or or something and people have often said to me you need to hone in on one thing and just do that very well but but it's almost like I can't Um, and so when I sort of read more about that and, and learnt more from you, I guess it gave me permission to be who I actually feel I am, which is curious in nature and, and I need to have, well, I actually can't stop the ideas Absolutely. even if I wanted to. So Absolutely. Um, I don't feel guilty about that anymore. And that's the thing that's kind it doesn't matter what type you are, what chart you've got. When someone finds out that this is partly, you know, innately part of the way that they're designed, it's almost like an aha moment where we've tried to maybe be a bit different because we're not, you know, that might be different than other people that we're around. Um, and it is, it's a lovely moment to go, okay, all right, so this is this is me. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I, you know, what do I do with this now? How do I, I can give my, myself permission to perhaps you know, lean into that rather than feel like I've had to be fighting it, like you you with your ideas and doing one thing. Um, and, yeah, and what's that's incredible good. about a manifesting generator, which is obviously what you are, is that, you know, you're meant to be doing lots of things and you've had yeah. things on the go and you're dynamic and, you know, that's a beautiful energy. If, if you weren't able to allow yourself to be like that, you'd be suppressing it. And that's yeah. where we can, you know, um, burn out and and because it's like imploding on inside we're not allowing ourselves um to be what we yeah what what we're sort of designed for exactly yeah it's 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 really interesting I mean do you have any other sort of client stories obviously not not um revealing anyone's life story but where where you could share where you've observed that from on behalf of the people that you work with I have a a lovely story of one of my um clients who is a particular she's a non-energy type she's actually a projector 
And projectors probably have maybe one of the most challenging um, ways of moving through the world, which is, is, is about waiting for people to invite them into things and, and basically being this beautiful, um, I call it a bit, of, a bit of a lighthouse, a beautiful lighthouse that finds what they love to do or gets good at whatever it is that they're good at and allows other people to come to them and invite them into things in life. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that could be a challenging thing because we're all taught to get up and go and make it happen ourselves and obviously that's not always the way that works well for us and it can be quite exhausting. Um, so this beautiful lady, uh, she was struggling and uh, I said to her, what do you love to do in your spare time? And she says, I love to go um, go away and, and, you know, do this this hobby of mine, which is just to paint for myself. So I said to her, stop worrying about when the next, where the next big offer is going to come in for your business and go and paint, just go and enjoy. And it was in that um, week that she went away and did this and she called me at the end of the week and said, you wouldn't believe it. While I was painting, while I was just kind of in my joy and doing what felt really really right for me at that moment. She got two offers for big pieces of work for for what she was doing for her business. Um, And for her, that was such a a realisation that that's how it works. She'd been struggling for so long trying to make it happen. Um, And, you know, not long ago I got an email from her and it's been over a year since we had our our time together and she has said she can't let, like life is flowing, she hasn't had to worry about things, they've just come in and she just continues to, to follow that. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it's, it can be quite groundbreaking once you understand how it works for you yeah. particularly. I think it's really important. I mean, it, it makes me think a little bit about, you know, the fact that, um, you know, I know you, you've talked about this on, on your website and people can, can look you up and find that information for yourself, but certainly when you were leaving the corporate world, you, you were feeling, you know, you were earning good money and, and um, I guess we celebrate money and, and see it as a sign of success. Um, and, and we often have a saying here in, in my business, exciting life, boring money, and it's really to sort of help people align their successes to, to living a great life, whatever that is for them, but but understanding that money is just an enabler more than an achievement in itself. And I think as a society, you know, we see it, don't we, time and time again, we worship the celebrity or the influencer or these people that sort of seem to have it all. Um, yeah. But then you see those people who are perceived um, as, as celebrities or influencers as depressed and 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 not fulfilled themselves and, and yeah. so it, it always comes as a shock when that people I mean do you think is it possible that human design could help society as a whole is that too big an ambition well I think it has the potential to absolutely because it starts with understanding self yeah. so it, it starts with you understanding okay what is it about you know about me and, and what works for me and who am I and, and then not only that it also then starts to work with how do I come in relationship with others um, and how do I interact with others and where do I have less judgment about others because they are different than me and there's there's a sort of a beautiful connectivity community base that can come from that yeah. but I think it also, allows us to stop fighting against ourselves. And so some people literally have in their chart what we call the gate of wealth. And that means that they're, and it's actually a gate that's about creation, being able to create what they need and what they want. And so there's there's parts in there where I see people, I work with people all the time that have this gate and that when they're feeling really aligned 
they money doesn't seem to be too much of an issue for them. It kind of it comes when they need it and they are able to. And so that's something that they can easily, you know, tune into. Yeah. Um, and other people might have um, a gate that's about needing to have more faith and trust and and others that where we might tend to hoard or hold on or overspend and what have you. So I think it does give us the ability to um, understand what's going on for us and then looking at what is important. And I think, you know, that kind of takes me back to what you were saying earlier about we chase money and we chase fame or we chase this this, um, exterior thing that we think is supposed to be the be-all and, and the goal. And I've worked with a lot. I, I, I still, from my acting days, I still have people in my life who I know are quite famous and very wealthy um, and so many of them are still not fulfilled or haven't quite, they're still searching. Yes, that's right. It's not money that's going to do it for them. It's it's something else internal, isn't it? Absolutely. And, it, and it's not to say that you can't have the money there as well. Sure. Like that, that, that was, you know, that probably is where I had to take that that step off what was a very, I guess, a lucrative career and step into doing so for myself and, and understood and was prepared that it would take a little dip for a while. And, and I certainly aren't. I'm not necessarily doing what I was doing back then. But I'm definitely feeling, because I'm feeling better and more aligned and I don't, I feel like money's really flowing for me and I get, I have what I need and I know what I, I want and I'm able to save what I need and spend what, you know, what I can. And so, I, you know, it's certainly achievable, but understanding that I think about yourself in the first instance can be really helpful. It's really important. Did you, when you, when you decided to leave um, the corporate world, mm-hmm. um, you've entered something which can often be a misconceived alternate therapies um, world. Was there, did you save to do that or did you make a snap financial reserves? What did you do to start your own business and and really start into something very new? Yeah, look, that's that's a good good question. I, it was the decision to leave at that particular point was a snap decision. I had been thinking about it for a while, but I wasn't, I thought I needed to be more ready. But I think I was I was ready in a lot of ways. I, I look, I had I had some savings, so I wasn't totally stepping out. And I knew I had a certain amount of a certain amount of time that I would be able to play on. Right, yes. <laughs> um, and look, I was lucky enough at the time. I, ha- I I got married late, and I had not been that long married. And you know, for the first time in my life, I wasn't completely financially um, having to rely on myself. So I knew that there was a little bit of a fallback had I, you know, if I needed it. But I I definitely gave myself a time period where I thought if this, I I always had a backup plan that if this didn't work out or if things weren't right, that I knew that I could go back and um, maybe find some work doing what I was doing again. Yeah, Uh, and I think that's really important, isn't it? I mean, we often say to people, if you want to try something new, you know, call it whatever you want, it might be have a crack fund or, yeah. or you know, so have, having a go or challenging yourself or a savings buffer or sometimes enough yours is yeah. you, you really don't like or, or something like that which you can give a name to and whatever you've been able to sort of put aside for that, that gives you the timeline of, of you know, if you've dipped into that and used it all up, you know, is that your time frame to say I'm out of work or, yeah. you know, if 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 it's just starting to kick in, you've got a little bit in there that you know you can push that time frame out a little bit longer, which which helps, I think, because people sometimes, if it is a passion, a personal passion, it's hard to 
necessarily say that didn't work because it's generally something that you really strongly believe in and I think that's challenging for people in business. Oh, look, absolutely. And, and I've always been uh, a calculated risk taker. So I've taken a lot of risks in life. I mean, I um, every time I left a career, that was at that point in my life, I was doing quite well financially. I mean, yeah. when I was a teacher, you know, I was I had a permanent job and people thought I was crazy to just quit and move to um, London. Yeah. Um, but it was all calculated risk. It was all, you know, I knew that there was backup plans. I knew that I would be okay. I, and there was a lot, not only trust, but the, the, the calculated um, risk around it. So I, every time I took a risk, mm-hmm. that it was towards something that felt aligned, I actually always came off better off. Yeah, you know, great. Small dip, but better off. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, which is important, isn't it? And I mean, <clears throat> is there, I mean, is there any particular um, human design types that have a, a common money theme or, or uh, sort of particular money patterns that you can sort of inform us about? Uh, look, yes. Um, well, there's probably a few little things that can, uh, you know, I, I see going on. Uh, just revisiting the projector type that I said earlier, because they're not designed particularly to work in the same way, it can be really hard. Like I see a lot of projectors who really struggle with energy and are trying to do things the way that, say, your type as a manifesting generator can, and they end up burning themselves out so much that they aren't able to support themselves. And so that can be, you know, finding a way to work with your energy as a projector is really important. And projectors can do really well. I know a lot of amazing, successful projectors, but it's about understanding how to work with your energy type and understanding that sometimes that means to, you know, work in a way that allows you to ebb and flow rather than go hard, you know, at a 40-hour, 50-hour week in, in, a, in a way that perhaps generators can. I mean, is there any studies that show, because I'm just thinking to myself when you talk about that type, you know, is, is that naturally creative? So, you know, you sort of start to think of the artists and the people that probably need to work when their ideas strike them and not be forced to sort of, like you said, do that nine to five. Is there some sort of obvious tendency uh, yeah. to be creative if you're a projector? I see some of that certainly in types, but I wouldn't say that it's just limited to projectors. But projectors are actually really good at guiding and consulting. So I always, you know, if I if I get to meet a projector earlier enough in life where, you know, they've got some opportunities, I talk about, you know, find if you're going to if you want to go and work in the corporate world, perhaps be a consultant Mm. or perhaps do something where you're not having to, you know, put pick up the tools, so to speak, but you get to come in and go um, and work in a way that's more, you know, you taking care of that. How, how are you going to best operate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one uh, one thing I'll say about manifesting generators, which obviously you are, Tanya, and yes. a powerhouse indeed. <laughs> um, <Days>. <laughs> but what is beautiful about being a manifesting generator is you've got the energy and the ability and the creativity and often see manifesting generators being, you know, really quite successful if they're using energy right. But I can I often see as well, because you've got such dynamic energy as a manifesting generator, manifesting generators can push, 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 push so hard and go a little bit too hard and fast that they're actually pushing past limits that's both not good for them physically, financially, um, emotionally, etc. So, um, you know, sometimes... And therefore, creating your own burnout in your own <laughs> in your own yes, way, whether it's financially or energetically yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually. Okay, and what about the other types? What have we got? We've got um, 
Generators. Generators. So generators, again, look, I wouldn't say there's anything specifically financial to to, to to talk about you know types generally, but certainly with generators, if you're not doing something, if a generator is doing something they love in life, and as I said, something that gets them up in the morning, and it might be, it might not be their full time job, it might be something else they do on the weekends, for example. But if they don't have that in life, that 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 they lose that ability to keep going. Right. And so, if you're feeling drained and not feeling passionate about something, it's very hard to keep working sustainably. Yeah. Um, and that can certainly have you know, detrimental fa- effects on on um, taking care of what you need financially and physically as well. Um, manifestors, who are the there's only nine percent of manifestors, and they are they're very they've got the ability to essentially manifest, and that's why they're called manifestors and um, and go out and initiate what they they want. But they've also got to that you know it's not there's things they need to check in with themselves as well. They've got to look after their energy as well and how they go out and achieve. What? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, there's a lot more to it, isn't it? Because I know there's there's a whole new language when it comes to human design. There's gates and circuits and yeah. um, centres and things that, that obviously is where you start getting into the individual sort of nitty-gritty. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and to be honest, that's where we might find, we, when we dig down into the gates and the centres, where we find a little bit more about how people operate specifically around um, work and finances and what's you know so there's a lot of nuances in there which is which is make what makes it so individualized as well yeah. um, and, and so detailed I think that's like you say when when people read your chart yeah um, you yeah. can you can work it out yourself and say okay I'm a manifesting generator and read some sort of sort of typical components of that but it's yeah. not until you drill down onto some of your personal areas that I think it's quite eye-opening and, and, and yeah. shocking yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah fantastic you run your own business and what does that mean for your reflector type is that something that is challenging for you it is because I would like to think I'm a manifesting generator with lots <laughs> and lots of dynamic energy and um, and I certainly know that I have moments where I'm like that but I, can't, I just cannot sustain it. So I have to really honour how often I work. So I have very set kind of amounts of time each week that I work. Other times I'll have days where I'll see how I feel yeah. as far as how much I do. I'm, I'm definitely a doer. Yes. Um, I'm always working on things because I love to read and, and research and, and learn. So I'm always doing something, but I'm really checking in. I'm really checking in. Is this? Am I pushing myself? And I can I can feel it. If I go too hard, I'll be I'll end up sick. Yeah. You know. So um, yeah, I, I just have to check in. And how am I going to use my time for the most value or the best output? So I really kind of think about what is it that I want to spend my time doing work-wise, what type of work is going to be less draining but allow me to be able to bring value to um, those I work with and my own business. Yeah, it's quite amazing, isn't it? Now, you also um, provide other sort of alternate healing modalities such as Mm. biofield tuning, change in quantum alignment um i mean can you tell us who these might be helpful for or how they work sure sure um look i I found doing human design readings with people which is amazing it really helps us understand ourselves but then people would say so how do i help myself how do i utilize that how do i clear out what we call a thing called conditioning where we might be you know be conditioned 
through life to think away, feel a way that actually isn't helping us. So a lot of the um, those therapies that I use are actually ways of helping you, helping people clear out the stuff that's kind of keeping them back. So I, I like to think of it as like we, we're clearing out internally and externally, so making someone nice and shiny. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of research now around frequency and that we carry with us the frequency of um, of our experiences and, and when we're not well sometimes our, that, that it's our frequencies that it's out of alignment so um, working to kind of bring that back into alignment can be really helpful to helping someone feel really good um, and and that's why I guess I you know what I in my coaching side of things I'm really about helping people feel f- fulfilled and ha- feeling confident in who they are yeah. um, and so those those services are really just about helping people um, feel more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, fascinating. I, I, I just think it's incredible. Do you, I mean, have you noticed um, since COVID that there's been more take-up? I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, meditation is such a common word now and, and I, I don't think two years ago that you heard that as much, but people seem to understand the need to practice these sorts of mindful experiences and I think human design really taps into that because it's becoming aware of who you are and how you operate best. Have you seen an uptake? Oh, absolutely. Look, I, I remember um, probably in the midst of, of COVID through all those shutdowns <laughs> that were going on, um, I would have um, I'd have clients who were, um, you know, what I would call your everyday guy who's a plumber who I wouldn't have thought in a million years beforehand had been, but, but people from all walks of life now are interested in understanding and, and, and exploring. And I think that's a really great place to come from because, yeah. you know, even being inquisitive is, is enough, just yeah. to be inquisitive enough to have that, you know, exploration. Yeah. No, I, look, I think it's fascinating. I think, you know, a, a lot of people talked about the collective feelings and, and there was yeah. a lot of inclusive words that made people feel like, you know, globally we were going through this together. And I think mm-hmm. that there's a movement to understanding ourselves better and being more respectful to ourselves. Like you say, we are conditioned to uh, grow up, go to uni, get married, get a nine to five job, retire at 60 and, and yeah. you know, whatever else. And and I think that being yourself better leads to a more productive fulfilled uh which is your word life you know not just for yourself but but for others around and you know I guess just to share with our audience we actually um, engaged you at Christmas time it was kind of a little bit of a fun thing that we did but we actually had a reading with you and our whole team and we did that on purpose because I think that one of the things that happens when you all work together um, certainly obviously I've been really interested in human design but when I talked to the team about things as and when it came up um, everyone was like wow you know I wonder what I am and how does that work and when we did that session we all were just on a high because it was like you got a little window into somebody and some people in an office might be reserved or, or conservative or not really want to reveal a lot to their teammates naturally but it was like we just had this understanding of how people operate and it, it's helped us communicate better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's helped us understand each other a little bit more when we, as an example, I'm a terrible person being a manifesting generator to sort of fly in the door one day and say, right, forget everything we've been doing. We're going to do this, this and this now. And Come on, everybody, and why aren't you keeping up? Um, but I, I know now that that's how my brain acts, but I also know that certain members of my team can't keep up with that. So... Mm-hmm. You know, I know to not do that now. Um, yeah. And so it's it's really fascinating, I think, not only for individuals as a whole, but for anyone listening, if you've got team or, or a family unit, I would imagine would be just mm-hmm. as 
fascinating um, that it, it can be helpful in just understanding how to communicate with people better as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great tool. It really is. <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. So how can people find you? Um, I've, my website's probably the easiest place to get any information. That's changeyourway.com.au. Excellent. Well, you know, certainly you've got our tick of recommendation. We, we've, we've loved um, every experience we've had with you and I really hope people are curious enough to just go to Amber's website, um, certainly run your little chart, which I think you can do on there anyway, but um, take it that next step because you'll be, I think you'll be incredibly surprised um, if you have a reading and we'd love to hear um, how people go. So please let us know if they do that as well. Thank you so much, Amber. It's been really a pleasure talking to you and, you know, I really thank you for your time. This podcast is for general information only. It contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision-making nor to be taken as a substitute for personal advice. Please contact Amplify Wealth Management to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation. Money Mind. If you have any questions about your financial future, please head to amplifywealth.com.au. Money Mind is available to download and subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts.